Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Storied Human. This is Lynn Thompson, and today I'm really happy to have somebody I used to work with at AT AT&T and Lucent. Her name is Ellen Martin, and she's had a varied career over the span of her career in telecommunications. She's worked as a system admin, a developer. She's worked in customer support. As a systems engineer, that's when I knew her, and a systems architect. And most recently, she's been a scrum master. She's been retired for a few years now. She lives in Arizona. And I wanted to catch up with her because I think her story is really inspiring. She entered the field when it was pretty much male-dominated, and she made her way. And I'm sure she has some tips and tricks to share with us about that. So welcome, Ellen. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? Good. It's nice to have you here. So start us off at the beginning. Um, How were you raised? What was your family like? And what I really like to ask people is, what was the eight-year-old Ellen like? Like, what did she like to do? Oh, wow. Well, the eight-year-old Ellen thought she was going to be a concert pianist. (laughs) Wow. The piano was my passion when I was a kid. I started playing when I was three years old. I was very, very young. And that was what I was going to do. I was going to be a concert pianist. I love that. Yeah. And my parents were wonderful. They bought me a piano and I, I practiced and played and I went to first went to music school. My mom, I think I told you, Lynn, my mom was um, a British war bride and my mom and dad got married at the end of world war II in my mother's village in Northern England. And they moved over here to Illinois and um, had four of us. And um, I wound up living in on Long Island in Virginia and then um, went from Long Island to college up in upstate New York. And I majored in music the first time. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a music major. How did that change? And then I met this neat guy who, who went to the engineering college across the river in Potsdam and got married and quit college. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you started having kids early, right? Yeah, I was very young. I had my first baby at 20. That's amazing. And you were ready. And you met Cliff when you were like 19? Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, 18. 18. 18. Oh, my gosh. So you met your husband when you were 18. You dropped out of college. That's that's why. Suddenly, the piano was not as fascinating as getting married to Cliff. (laughs) I love that. And you're still with Cliff. How long have you been married? 52 years in May. I can't even believe it. That's so wonderful. So I guess it was a good decision. I guess it worked out. <laughs> it certainly did. It certainly did. So a couple of things are occurring to me. One is that a lot of people who are good with computers are, are musical. So you have that right. connection. Yeah. You have that kind of brain. You know, that's one of the things that got me hired when I first um, went to interview with Bell Labs in 1982 One of the people um, asked me, well, if you were a music major, what made you go into computers? And I said, "Um, well, computers are very like playing an instrument. You put the right thing in and it comes out working. If you put the right thing into a piano, it comes out beautiful music. Put the right thing into a computer program, it comes out doing what you want it to do. Yeah. So that's what I answered and they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But you seem to, even as a young woman, you seem to understand like the structure of music and the structure of programming. 
Like there's yeah. a similar structure and there's a logic, like your brain works that way. And I'm yeah. so intrigued by that. I see that a lot in developers, I, and you know, especially developers. I see programmers and music. I see that connection. Yes. So tell me about, you said the first time you majored in music and we know that you, you stopped for a while, right? And you had kids, you married Cliff and had children. Mm-hmm. You had three kids, right? Right. And after my last, after my last baby, um, I was at a group, uh, you know, moms getting together in the afternoons with their children playing and having coffee and stuff. And one night after I went home to Cliff, took the kids home, made dinner and all that. I said to him, there's got to be something else besides sitting all afternoon and having coffee with moms and waiting for my kids to come home from school. And he said, why, what are you thinking? And I said, I think I want to go back to college. And he said, okay. He never said, you know, doing what he just said. Okay. And um, it was about that time that my brothers had gotten jobs at Bell Labs. They just graduated from um, college. They got jobs at Bell Labs in New Jersey and started talking to me about, Hey, why don't you try going into computers? So I got kind of interested and I signed up that September, I, the, that September in 1981, 1980, I signed up to go for computer science. And um, from the minute I started, I just thought it was great. It was like a big game. It was a big match, good match for you. So wasn't that a time in 1980, there weren't a lot of women in those classes, right? No, there weren't. There was, it was mostly, and remember I was 30 years old at the time in 1980 and it was me and a whole bunch of 18-year-olds in classes. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I was not interested in, you know, the guy to over two seats over from me. I wasn't interested in the social life. I wasn't interested in anything except graduating. And you were super focused. On the, yeah, so on I was the, super focused. The... So being 30 and going to college was great. And it didn't bother me that it was mostly young men in the, in the classroom. You know, I wound up being a teaching assistant there cool and filling in and um because one of the one of the computer science teachers was ill had gotten sick and they asked me if i wouldn't mind being a teacher and i said okay so i taught and went to school at the same time it was it was really a fun time i enjoyed it a lot and uh when i graduated i graduated at the top of my class not surprised my my brothers again helped me out and took the resume to uh, bell labs and um, I got interviews down in New Jersey at three places. And when I the first when I flew in, um, and the first the limousine limousine picked me up and drove me to Home Dell for my first interview. And I came over the hill. I don't know if you remember when you come over the hill and to Home Dell and you you see that giant building. I remember thinking, I got to work here. I remember it's it 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 was it really was impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. I worked and, just a uh, short time there and I was like so in love with the building. And I remember walking with people. Well, first of all, let's explain it for people who've never seen it, right? It's this yeah. giant building with this like dark glass or it looks like dark glass all yes. around. And when you walk the perimeter, somebody told me it's a quarter mile. Like it we had like huge. a walking club and we would walk around the outside and it was a quarter mile. So it was, it was super um, high tech looking and super modern. And you must have been so like excited just you I know, was you very finally... excited and then you walk in the building Lynn remember that huge atrium yes it, it was, was huge for, for all the way to the top 
above the top story. It was gorgeous and it was all glassed in. It was, it, it was, was huge. It was beautiful. And um, I remember being so impressed. Yeah. And the funny that thing was, was, the job that I took wasn't in Homedale, it was in Whitney's, oh. <laughs> which was another massive building. Yeah. So I just, I, I actually, I just wanted to work there from day one. You were entering a world, right? A whole different world. It was I remember how many, world. it was like a little city. Like they had um, a gift shop and they had, yep. they had the cafeteria. Yeah. And the bank and the dry cleaners. I mean, you could just like live there. Yes. So it was you amazing. Could. You could. So what you could have a medical, you could have, you could get sick. Yeah. You could get sick and then you could go right, you go down on the first floor and they had this great big medical facility with doctors yeah. and everything. And they would give you antibiotics. It was great. It was a big city. So it was, it was, it was, so, it was really quite something in so those different. days. I remember being even like near, I was at the ERC, which is an engineering research center near Hopewell. And I remember getting sick one day and I wasn't an employee and they still, took care of you it was just so different then you know you'd go to it the was, it was, you'd go to the doctor's office and they would give you something and they were they were great so yeah that's like a whole yeah. like a homey kind of different atmosphere that they used to have so yes. what year was that when they hired you 1982 i started in september 1982 at whippany so it only took you two years to get your degree your yes because i started finish. remember i started out and, and they they took a lot of credits from my from my music degree because <laughs> like you know, those first two those first two years in college is mostly liberal arts and stuff the like Gen that you know? yeah yeah that's so cool so how did you handle the um like how old were your kids when you started in 1982 okay my young okay we well we first we moved to new jersey and my oldest was uh 12 and my youngest was four. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so we had, you know, I had the whole situation with finding daycare and all the rest of that. Yeah. Because it was never easy and it was not easy at all in those days. No. Um, there that's weren't what too I was many gonna, daycare facilities. So that's what I was going to ask about. How did you do that? How did you handle that? We um, advertised, looked around at churches and, and just looked for people. What I wanted was somebody to come into the house to, to babysit the kids because they were happiest then. Um, but what really happened, we had a couple of years of start and stop with uh, different um, people coming into the home to keep an eye on the kids. Um, but my kids weren't happy. And then my younger brother moved right down the road from us. And his wife, Laura, their, the kids, Aunt Laura, had uh, just had a baby. And she said to me, so why don't you just have the kids come here? Aww. I will never forget that. That was it was so wonderful because we had family watching the kids. Two of them were in school and the youngest was uh, was just about to start. But they would go there after school. And it was great. Um, nice for everybody. Awful lot. It, yeah, it, it, you know how it is. Daycare was is not a simple thing. There's and never an easy answer. Family watching your kids. Yeah, that's family that's watching excellent. your kids is important. So, that's so good to hear. Yeah, that's yeah. that was like a stroke of luck that she she was like the timing of that. It was wonderful. Yeah, and then you didn't have to worry because it just seems like as moms we're either at work worrying or at home worrying. You know, <laughs> worrying oh, about know. one side of our lives. Um, yes. Yeah, and, 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 the, and if one of them got sick, she was wonderful because she was just up the road from their, their elementary school. So she would pick them up. It was it was 
a huge relief, a big, yes. big load off your shoulders. So, so I, I highly sympathize with young moms these days, yeah. you know, working and their kids and all that. It, it, it wasn't a simple thing and it still isn't a simple thing. I'm sad to say that it still isn't. I agree. So tell me what those first working days were like. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there weren't a lot of men around. Like, how did you, I mean, not a lot of women around. You were probably just a couple of you, right? No, there was in, in Bell Labs. Bell Labs in 1982 had more women in it than many, many companies. They were very progressive. Oh, and um, <clears throat> they, had, they had a good mix of men and women. Good. And so there was um, my group, the, my boss was male, but there was three or four ladies working with me. That's so good. Um, and so it, it wasn't like I was in this totally male environment, Bell Labs. Um, the, the software area in those days, there were more and more women coming in and getting jobs and getting work there. So that was a good thing. And, and that makes you feel more comfortable because it, it's much more of a mixed group. Instead of good. all men and me. No, I didn't encounter the all male stuff until I started getting involved with the um, the uh, regional telephone companies, the Arbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when I would go out there and, and um, you know, be doing customer support and stuff like that, that's when I found, hey, wow, most of the everybody in this room is male. And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would walk into the room and they would they'll all say, OK, guys, clean it up. Ellen's here. <laughs> And make Which it... never made me feel bad. Yeah, you know, um, they they were all all of them were mostly very great to me. So I didn't really encounter an all all male culture until I went outside of Bell Labs. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So how many years did you work total? Total, a lot, right? Yeah, from nineteen eighty two, I I, re I retired in two thousand and five. Wow. But I wrote, worked, I worked for um, Bell Labs, then Lucent, and they forced retired, Lucent forced retired a whole bunch of us in um, 2001. And then I had a year hiatus. And then I went, moved to Arizona thinking I was fully retired in 2001. And in 2004, I got a job again as a contractor at AT&T and felt like I came home. That's so cool. Even out it there, was. right? It's, it was similar, right? It, oh, definitely. It was definitely home. I mean, I knew a lot of the people that I was working with in the old days. We ha all had retired by then. <laughs> <laughs> of course. There was a big yeah. shift in the telecom industry. Yes. So did you get to work at home those last few years? Yes. From 2004, no, 2005 until uh, 2015, I worked at home exclusively and no traveling. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> That is great. I think that's such a fun way to finish up, you know, it doing is. what you like, being at home, right? So it's not killing you. Because yep. I work at home now and it's like night and day. I can do it is. I can do my job and it doesn't like wear me out because I don't have the commute, I don't have the the travel, and I don't have the worry about getting ready and I don't have any of that. Yep. So you no, didn't it, it really was great. So you didn't really finish until 2015? Yeah. I had a Few year a few years hiatus in there. Yeah, where I thought I was retired, but then <laughs> you're like, eh, we're not done <laughs> no, with you. Go back to work. <laughs> so you did work pretty late. Like you did, you did a lot of years. Yeah, I did. But I you did. seem so, so happy was, now. Retirement was an adjustment. 
Yeah. At first, because um, being a, I don't know if this is a female thing. I remember my husband practically danced out of the, out of the building the day he retired. <laughs> he was so thrilled. He was, you know, really excited about being retired. He never looked back, but for me, it, it was an adjustment. I, I yeah. didn't really quite know what to do with me. Yeah. It was the same sort of adjustment that happened in 2001 when Loose and Force retired us because all of a sudden I didn't quite know who I was anymore. Yeah. Because my identity was totally wrapped up in working for Bell Labs, AT&T, Lucent. The people that I worked with were my social group. Yeah. So and I felt a little bereft at first. Well, it and makes then, sense too, because you didn't choose it, right? It was, you right. had no time to prepare and you didn't choose to leave. I think no. that's so jarring. You know, it's like, it is. okay, you're done. And you have like this whole social life and this whole, like, I felt like you, I was only with you guys for four years and I felt like you guys were family. I'm still talking to you all these years later. I know, and I, all these years later. There's like a bond, you know? So I totally get that you were adrift, you know? Yep. That you yeah, were and so at, at that point, that was when I decided yeah, I'm never going back. Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> the best laid plans, right? Yes, the best laid plans. And and it and it worked, it did work out. The 10 years were great. I enjoyed it. And then when I retired the second time, it was also a bit jarring because that first Monday morning, you're like, okay, now do I do? Uh, luckily, I, I have a very organized husband who was a manager and a project manager in his career, and he makes lists, and we we have our days all set up. We're going to do this on this day and this on this day. So that that has helped me be retired. <laughs> you know that sounds great. He should we should hire him out. <laughs> People don't know what to I do. Think so <laughs> I think it's great. So I am looking at the coolest career. I love. I love what you did with it. I love how you pivoted. I would like to know, do you have any advice for the younger women who are considering a a career in tech? I think definitely do it. Definitely go into it because you're never bored. But as far as advice is concerned, one of the things that helped me throughout my entire career was strong women who were willing to help me, who were willing to mentor me. One of them being Teresa Weaver, who is the lady that you're going to be interviewing. Another one of the ladies you're going to be interviewing. Yes. Who, um, she was very open about, I'll teach you everything I know and help you out. So uh, Teresa was just the first one of those many women that helped me throughout my career. So when you go into it, make sure as, as a, make sure that you, um, Lend a helping hand to other people. Not well, not just women. It, it shouldn't be just women. But that was one of the things that helped me through my career was the strong women that I had as role models. So make sure that you help others. I love that. And you guys were like that with me. I always felt like I could lean on you guys. And, and you were always so helpful, so generous with information. I got to include Sandy Sang in that because she was always a big supporter of others and oh, helpful. Yes, as yes she was. And, yep. and what an environment, you know, because we have that sort of like stereotype about women and how we don't trust each other and blah, blah, blah. That just wasn't evident to me there. Not there. At all. It was just, <clears throat> no. 
And so that just takes like this pressure off. You don't have to worry about who's your friend or who's going to stab you in the back. It's like, you're a team, you're a team and you help each other. And it's very pleasant. I remember just enjoying it so much. And I missed it when I left. That's, that was a special place. And you're so right. A lot, a large part of why it was special was those women. And Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great thing to cultivate throughout your life is to find those kind of women and we can be yes. sisters to each other. I never had sisters, so I'm always looking for sisters. <laughs> well, and that and was I, that, that, you know, that's a very good word to use because I do feel like we were sisters. I feel the um, same. It's not, it's yeah. not like, I mean, I say, oh, here's someone I used to work with. That's not it. Here's my friend. That's not really it. Here's someone yeah. I can count on no matter what. Here's someone, here's someone yes. I love, you know? Yes. Here's someone I love. And how lucky were we? Very. I felt yeah. like I was always very lucky. I am um, working for um, Bell Labs, Lucent, AT&T. I always felt like I was really lucky in the people that I worked with and for. Oh, ev- you know, everybody runs into somebody in the in your career that you're not real thrilled with. Yeah. And it, they're not real thrilled with you. But for the most part, I felt like I had really good people that I worked with. Yeah. Even even at the end, helping me get a contracting job when I went back into at and and I was working remotely, were women that I knew and saying, oh, no, you want to hire this person. Hmm. So even then. Yeah. Well, you got me that I could not buy a job when I tried to get back into the corporate world. I had taken some time off because 2001, I had little babies and I just said, I'm not going to even try. You know, 2001 mm-hmm. was insane. So I, not babies, but I had young, very young children and I stayed home for five years. And then everybody's like, well, we don't even care what you did five years ago. You're, <laughs> you have no experience that we're interested in. And you yep. were the one that made that connection for me that got me into Verizon. So even then you were helping, I mean, like from Arizona, <laughs> I still try to, if somebody calls me up and says, Hey, can you give me a recommendation? I mean, they're, they're getting fewer and farther between because now it's been over five years since I've left the workforce, yeah. but I still try to help people if they, if yeah. they want it, because I think it's important. Well, I think you, you pass you, it you on, which is you, lovely. You don't wind up with a network unless you work it, unless you help it. So true. And That's I think so a network true. is really important. You got to put it in. You got to, you get what you put in, right? You get back yes. what you put in. I, well, I just, I love that. And as a beneficiary, as a beneficiary of your, of your kindness, I agree that it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. And I, I, Rich and I still talk about it because, you know, Rich worked with us at um, Liberty Corner and we still talk about it, how much we miss it. And yep. he got hired by Ericsson and he said, it's almost like the old days, Lynn. You know, because it was the Swedish telecom and they used to be Telcordier, Belcor, or whatever they were. Um, there is, there's just a something about that culture. There's a something about those yep. people. And we always say how much we enjoyed working with, um, we always say we like working with nerds. <laughs> Which is what we all were, I guess. <laughs> That's where we're happiest is working with nerds. Exactly. Well, you know, I love, you're a success story, but you're also about, um, caring about people and connecting with people. And I just, I, I hope you feel good about your career because it's so much about that too, which I love. And I think young women can, can take heart that that's out there and that they can continue that. And yep. I think if we offer that view of the world, that's I think super. So. Yeah. I, I just, I love this story and I can't wait till we get us all back together. Oh my goodness. 
The group <laughs> interview is going to be a hoot. It's going to be very interesting, Lynn. <laughs> it always was with us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Ellen. Thanks, and I'll Lynn. talk to you soon. We, we will talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now. And thank you for listening to The Storied Human. And take care. And now, enjoy a few more bars of my new intro and outro song written by my son, Brendan Talion. I love that Brazilian feel, and I really like having his original music on my show. So enjoy. Mm-hmm.